0: why are we here that's the existential question we're discussing today on the hear of the story presented by the gospel project thanks for joining us for today's episode of the hear of the story a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of scripture i'm brian depose and with me is aaron armstrong so brian i got an important question for you why are we here? <laughs> that's that's the question. I mean, we're here right now because we're recording a podcast.
1: Oh, okay. There we go. Well, that's good. So that's good. So, but I don't think that's what you had in mind. That's not with,
0: what I had in question. mind. A little bit broader. Quite more. All right. <laughs> quite broader. Than that. So here's here's the the root of this question. Let me explain it for a second. Okay. Um, and and, and let me kind of back into it. Take a, a couple seconds. So. I would argue the most loving thing God could do for us is to call us home the nanosecond we trust in Him, if it were just about us, right? Because if it's just mm-hmm. about me and my relationship with Christ, wouldn't it be best for me just to be struck down dead the moment I trust in Christ, so I'm, I'm saved, I'm, I'm, I'm with God, and then I'm, no, I'm gone from the body, the sin no more, the pains and suffering of the world, if it were just about me? Wouldn't the most loving thing be for God to take me to be with Him, that nanosecond? But He doesn't. He leaves me here. He leaves you here. Why? And that's that's the the heartbeat of this question. Why are we here then? What's our purpose then? Why are we walking on Earth as believers? Because today we're talking about something that is near and dear to our hearts: discipleship.
1: Yes, discipleship. The uh, the thing that that we talk about a lot as
0: Christians, but we don't
1: often talk about, if that makes sense. Yes. So
0: So let's talk about it some. Go ahead and let's read this essential doctrine, as we always do, and then we'll kind of summarize it and then look at some, actually several passages, because again, this is in our wheelhouse. This is something you and I care passionately about, so we're going to bring several passages to the bear and and go from there.
1: Sounds good. All right. So uh, this is our explanation of discipleship from the 99 Essential Christian Doctrines. Discipleship is a process that takes place both formally and informally to affect spiritual maturity as people follow Jesus. Informal discipleship, as passages like Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 suggest, happen everywhere in every arena of life. Growing in our faith and deepening our walk with Christ is something that requires our whole life, not just the mind. Formal discipleship in contrast refers to periods of instruction. We make disciples through our words and actions providing verbal instruction from God's word and nonverbal examples through our lives. So, if we were to summarize this a little more cuz there's a lot there. Yeah. Here's the here is the big here's the big idea. Discipleship is about making and being, disciple-making disciples.
0: Wow, we just used the same word in the definition like four times there.
1: I know, isn't that fantastic? That, that yeah. That, but, you know, it's so important. So let's, so what is a disciple, Brian?
0: <laughs> let's start with well, that. It, yeah, and, and as we, we talked about, a disciple is, you know, some people kind of define it as a, a learner or a follower. It's, it's really mm-hmm. those of us in Christ, we've talked about this in other episodes, we, we are emulating him. We are people who are following him and living like him um, in in word and deed. So that's kind of the idea, but it's not, it doesn't just end there. There's this multiplication that must be part of it. And I think that's what's missing so often in the church, Aaron, that you have people who think it's just about me. It's about me growing and behaving the right way and doing the right uh, uh, actions, you know, going to church and Mm -hmm. so forth. And that's, all it's about. No, it has to include making other disciples. Yes. So that multiplication, disciple-making disciples, is so critical. So let's look at this in Scripture a little bit. Again, it will help us flesh out this this definition a little bit more. So why don't you start, Aaron, and and pick a a place or two where we see this, and, and we'll go from there.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to start with the most obvious passage that we can, because it's the right one to start with, which is the mandate to make disciples. Uh, And that, of course, is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, uh, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey uh, to observe everything I have commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age and so right there it can't get any clearer than that Jesus saying to his disciples before he ascended to heaven go and make disciples or you know there's a lot of debate on around the whole the go therefore you know whether it's as yeah. you are going or You know, with the implied that you're going out into the world and about your business kind of thing. You're doing this or it's go intentionally and do it either way. The big idea is the same. Make disciples. Teach people to observe Christ's commands. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Spirit. Help them to know that Christ is with them till the end of the age as well. So that is a that is a that is core of the core of the core of the core that sets up everything else.
0: And you can't miss it in that one. The multiplication is there, because if we're to teach everything that Jesus commanded, what did he just command? Making disciples. So we're to teach our disciples to make disciples. So it's a beautiful cycle. Uh, Another great passage is Luke 9, 23 and 24, where we see more of the actions or behavior of a disciple. Uh, This is where Jesus says, then he said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, so if you want to be a disciple, this is what it looks like. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. So right there we see some action, but more of a heart posture as well that... Being a disciple means we deny ourselves. We, we, we allow God to keep putting ourselves to death, and we live as Christ. And that's what this taking your cross daily means. That does not mean we, we often misuse that. People will say, well, what's your cross? My cross is that I have no hair, and people laugh at me, and that's the cross I have to bear, um, or whatever the case may be.
1: also thank you for rhyming
0: that hey you know i I try um i had a nice nice (laughs) rhyme earlier today i'll tell you about later um so the cross here though is an instrument of death it was an execution device and so when the original audience heard this they didn't think of hair loss or a neighbor who is hard to get along with or whatever the case may be they heard execution again it goes back denying yourself being willing to lay down your life, die to yourself to follow Jesus. So that's what a disciple looks like. It's it's us casting aside ourselves and living for Christ.
1: Yeah. The other... So... I need to pause myself for a second. So another passage that, that really speaks into discipleship is John 13 34 through 35 and this one really speaks to the heart of disciple disciples and discipleship and so this is Jesus Jesus talking and he says I give you a new command love one another just as I have loved you you are also to love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and so this is really important here because this speaks to the character of disciples. They're people who are pursuing unity in love. Uh, they look in they look intentionally different than the rest of the world. They don't have to agree on everything, but they do have to love one yeah. another. They just see one another as family ultimately, in a healthy kind of way, and not like what you might see on everywhere
0: else. <laughs> So that next one is Acts 1-8. And as we're going through these, some people may be listening and thinking, all right, this is sounding more and more challenging. Um, you know, my understanding of discipleship was kind of a little bit easier. And just as long as I'm going to church and I'm reading the Bible, I love Jesus, I'm good. But man, I'm hearing dying to yourself. I'm hearing loving others, even the unlovable. How do I do this? Well, Jesus answers that in Acts 1-8. He says, but you will receive power." What power? The power to be his witnesses, to live for him, as we're going to talk about. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So how do we live as disciples? It's not in our own power. It's in the Holy Spirit's power. And what does it compel us to do, again, to witness? How do we witness? Two ways. In words, as we verbalize the gospel, but also in deeds, as we live a life that looks like in Christ. Yeah,
1: and that is, that speaks into the in into our next passage as well because we are when we talked when we went through the description of this doctrine, we talked about informal and formal discipleship, formal in, yeah. and informal instruction, and so this next passage really speaks to that that whole life approach. To discipleship that it's not a set that it's not limited to um, a class it's not limited to certain practices and certain habits at certain times it is related to everything we do so whether it's eating eating chicken wings or doing our jobs or cutting our lawn or pumping gas all of it is all of it There's a way in which all of that is a model of our discipleship and evidence of our discipleship. And so that's Acts 20 verses 17 through 24, uh, which says now um, uh, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and summoned the, the elders of the church and they came to him and he said to them, you know, from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time serving the Lord with all humility with tears and during the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews, you know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now that I am on my way to Jerusalem. So obviously this is Paul talking, um, but now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit, knowing uh not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions are are waiting for me. But I consider my life no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. And so those two there are two Particular lines that I want to call out here that that speak to that whole lifeness um, of it, and so you see in verse eighteen that it, that Paul says that you know from the first day I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and during the trials that came to me. That what that is really important. He was using every every moment that he had to show them what it meant to be a showing them this holistic perspective of of being a disciple and a disciple maker and then we see him him say it again essentially in verse 24 when he says that my purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord and that that ministry being to testify to the gospel of God's grace and so in that testimony it is it is a both and of using his words and also demonstrate and also letting people see how he lives in light how he lives in light of that grace that he has received. And 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 that is really really important. We have to do both. We need both of those things to see what it means to be a disciple. Yeah.
0: And we've talked a couple of times about evangelism, about sharing the gospel with others. And I want to look at another verse, Romans 10, 14 through 17, that emphasizes that as well. And the reason why this is important is because sometimes we think too narrowly. And while one could argue, yes, discipleship proper, you could argue, is helping a believer grow in his or her faith and mature, and when you evangelize, you're evangelizing to an unbeliever. You can't disciple an unbeliever. Uh, so some people, though, make these a dichotomy, and they're not. They, they work hand in hand. Some people prefer to liken it as two sides of the same coin. Um, as you're discipling or becoming a disciple, you need to evangelize, and evangelism creates new disciples. So Romans 10, 14 through 17 is a reminder of this. How then can they call on him, Jesus, they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? That's our need to evangelize. And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, but not all who obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So again, Paul there is talking about very practical terms How can somebody trust in the gospel if they don't hear the gospel? And how can they hear the gospel if somebody's not sharing the gospel with them? So from time to time, we'll hear stories about people who picked up the copy of the scriptures and read it and trusted in Christ from reading it. And they Mm -hmm. could argue, well, nobody preached the gospel to me per se. But we could argue that, no, I mean, God was at work there. He he used other people in other ways, I'm sure, relating into that or coming out of it. But even if we want to use that as an exception, that's a a rare exception. Mm -hmm. The the common way we see people trusting in Christ is by hearing the gospel proclaimed and trusting in Christ. So if we're not doing this, we don't have new disciples to disciple and make disciple-making disciples.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um the next one the next one that we've got and this is the last of our the last on our list of passages uh is second timothy 2 1 1 and 2 um and this really is the the intent of of passing along of continuing this chain so we you know so we get in the mandate we get the we get the assumption that uh, of uh, of this and we're coming back to that here at the end um so Paul, writing to Timothy, says, "Therefore, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so this is, this is Paul making explicit what we saw implicitly in the Great Commission itself, where Jesus said... Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you, which from which we can infer also includes the call to go and make disciples who will teach everything. Here, Paul is just outright saying it. He's saying, commit this to faithful men to do this. All right.
0: So that was a, a kind of fast overview of several passages. We could have chosen more, but let's just move on, and let's talk about any cautions or notes that we need to keep in mind as we understand this this doctrine. So the first one, I think, just to be clear on, and we've, we've hit on this, so I won't belabor it, but this is a calling for every one of us who have trusted in Christ. Uh, being a disciple and making dis- other disciples, being a disciple, making disciple, is not just for the elite. It's for all of us, and even the new believer has a role to play while he or she is is beginning their their faith, and any discipleship role they have would have to be you know really careful. Whoever's discipling them should be really careful to oversee that. They can start pouring into others from day one. Um, let me give one example, and then we'll move on. Think about a father who comes to Christ. And his calling, his mandate in scripture is to help disciple his kids. So let's suppose his kids are already believers and that father comes to Christ from day one. He should then start, and, and it'll be clumsy at first, but God is gracious and he will use even our clumsiest of efforts. But that father should start to help disciple his own kids to, to be obedient to scripture. He doesn't have an excuse to say, well, I'm new. Give me a year or two. It, it's right away. So even the newest believer is called to be a disciple making disciple.
1: Yeah. And in that side, here's here's um, a much more common way that a new believer can be a part of the disciple making process, because what we what we don't want to make the mistake of is we don't want to make the mistake that um, that discipleship is top down. So most experienced to to least (laughs) experienced. It's it's the top. It's. It's more experienced to less experienced, but it's also it's side to side. Um, and it's also and it's also least experienced up as well. And so a new believer who is hungry in the faith, who is excited and passionate about the gospel in a way that um, perhaps a more mature uh, disciple is a little bit less so, um, can encourage um, a renewed zeal and a renewed passion from a more established believer as well. Um, that seeing how God is at work in a new believer brings joy and encouragement and um opportunities to give thanks to God for what God is doing in someone else's life, which deepens their discipleship experience as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's really well said, Aaron. Let's just drive this down across the finish line. I think we've hit mm-hmm. most of these facets of, of notes and so forth. So let's talk about the difference, and we've hit on this, and, and we'll just kind of wrap it up there and let the, the bulk of this episode be those verses we, we read through. Um, but as we think about the difference this should make, um, again, it, it gives us the context for daily living. It answers that question we let off with. Why are we here? We're here to be disciple-making disciples. That's, that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, this keeps us humble, as you were just talking about, Aaron, that all of us, we need to be discipled. It goes both ways. It goes horizontally, you know, to different planes. Um, so in one sense, it should be humbling. Even the most experienced believer needs to still be discipled by somebody or more than one person. And it gives us encouragement that we have a role to play, that all of us are together in this, we all have meaning and and value. So discipleship is a glorious plan of God's to see not only his people grow and support one another and strengthen one another, but also reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. So uh, that's why we, you and I are partial to it. We kind of think it's a big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's why we get up in the morning. So, well,
0: and also the alarm clock. I need to turn it off. Well,
1: that.
0: So let's call it an episode there, Aaron. Thanks for, for talking uh, with me about this. I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry in the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.